You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Aspa dropped their new album, Girls, the new video for Girls, and we have a lot to discuss about it. You don't have to go back and listen to Espa and Kwanya 101. I'll get you up to speed in this episode, but of course it wouldn't hurt for more background context. Let's start with a quick glossary, reintroducing you to terms that you really need to know to understand what the heck I'm talking about. First of all, the group in question, which their debut really did kind of prompt the unraveling of the whole secret backstory of how SM Entertainment artists' different storylines are connected. It was like Mr. Su-Man Lee was waiting for Espa's debut to really start revealing all. Espa is for Avatar Times Experience, and it is a metaverse group. Each member has an I, A-E, but pronounced I, get it? Like the letter I. In the fandom are the Mai. So when they're talking about their eyes, they're talking about their alter egos. Karina has I Karina, A-E hyphen Karina. Winter has I Winter, A-E hyphen Winter, etc. These digital characters exist where the girls cannot. So when they want to go explore the magical world of Kwanya, they have to take the form of an eye and leave their physical bodies on Earth. But the ideal is for, it seems, that not to have to be the case. We'll get to that. There's an interesting distinction between your novice and your eye. Novice, spelled N-A-E-V-I-S, is kind of a term of endearment for their eyes, but over time I've come to theorize it's actually not just a, an interchangeable word. I think a novice is what they're really after. They keep falling for the eyes, tricks, and assuming the eyes know what's best for them. But as we see in the new short film, that's not the case. You shouldn't trust them as much as you think. They actually may not have the purest motives and are just looking out for you. So I think over time, in future SMCU editions, that will be distinguished more and more. The difference between the actual eyes they have and the true heroes, not villains. They're novices. the real inner essences that could be manifested in the metaverse as opposed to the current manifestations of who they are, which are the eyes. And I think the mission is going to have to be to distinguish and pursue novices as opposed to relationships with their eyes sooner rather than later, because a total synchronization seems inevitable. There can only be one. Literally, one of their lyrics in Black Mamba is there can't be two. And they reference Evo. They also do in Next Level again. Evo is, I think that's their term kind of just for evolution, for what's inevitable or what the future has in store. That I'm not as solid on as my other definitions I've come to, but just know that Evo is a term you'll hear from them. And I think it's referring to kind of a the singularity, the belief that maybe someday humans and AI will be matched and merged. If that were to happen, and the eyes and people merged, or the novices and these people, it would be a sync dive. Sync, S-Y-N-K. The sync is the term you use to connect with your eye. You sync up. 
The sync dive happens when you can connect pretty much perfectly, working in tandem, just super in sync. You're on the same wavelength, you are helping each other. And I think they're going to realize the eyes are not the key to a sync dive. A good sync dive will come from the novices. This syncing up is not just for ESPA either. There are connections to other SM entertainment artists, like NCT, who have a short film called Synchronization of Dreams. Plus, during a perfect sync dive, when Espa seamlessly were one in the same with their eyes in next level, then suddenly the tree lit up, this giant tree, as they glitched into their eyes, as they changed forms. That tree that they lit up seems to be the iconic tree, the tree of life, the root, pun intended, of XO's origin story. More on that later. The opposite of a sync dive is a sync out. That's when the sinking is the opposite of seamless, when it's so disjointed and impossible. Basically, it's like if a Wi-Fi network was down. You cannot connect, you can't communicate with your eye. When this happens, or just in general, not always during a sync out, but just when you're not talking, the eyes reside in the flat. It's this metaverse place. It's kind of like if you put a, a digital pet in a computer game in sleep mode or something. They just kind of are in rest mode. The time you spend figuring out who your eye is, is recall time, R-E-K-A-L-L. -L. One of the biggest obstacles to recall time, biggest interference, with everything in the metaverse really, Black Mamba, their big enemy. The Black Mamba seems to be trying to sabotage any mission they are set on by their eyes, or anything their eyes tell them to do. The Black Mamba is present even when it isn't, Snake imagery, snake symbolism everywhere. In Espa videos, but also in Taman's Want, in Exo's Monster, in Taman's Criminal, NCT-127's Kick It. There are quick flashes sometimes, and that's it, of snake imagery. But it's there. The Black Mamba seems to always be sabotaging the main train to Quanya. The main route to their metaverse, basically. Because the Black Mamba is maybe actually not the ultimate enemy. Because remember, I think the eyes might actually be worse than we think. Not on the good side. Not pure and helpful. So maybe the Black Mambas end up being actual helpers. You never know. The tables could really turn. Things are never what they seem when it comes to Quanya. At this point, though, the Black Mamba does continue to wreak havoc and cause the sinkouts. And in general, do the opposite of the butterflies. The butterflies are a key symbol here. They're used to guide the girls through Quanya because Quanya is so ever-changing, time, place, all that. You can get lost just like that. So the magical butterflies are what you follow to find your way. So if Black Mamba comes for the butterfly, yeah, you are really lost in Quanya. And then the Black Mamba always seems to be sabotaging the train out of there. So now what is Quanya? It's basically a separate world of everyone's imagination, but it's also real. It's kind of a wonderland in the sky. It exists, but not physically. It's something you go to, not digitally either, more just mentally, but it is also beyond just mentally escaping. So it's like an actual soul traveling to a location thing. Like your soul leaves your body for a jovial afternoon in Quanya. Not heaven, but it is a happy place in the clouds. Lots of floating buildings. All sorts of things happen that just don't make sense. You see that in a lot of Red Velvet videos where they can shrink down or they get really big in a funhouse type concept. That's why so many SM artists have lots of toys or playthings in their videos. Teddy bears, cartoon companions, or they're just playing 
playing games like chess and stuff, cat's cradle, just playing games, staying in touch with their inner child. It's a place basically without worries where the ultimate ideal of a magical childhood can be formed. The force is what allows the dimension hopping. So you use the force in this case to get from Quanya to somewhere else. And all these artists from SM Entertainment do dimension hop from 2D to 3D to 4D forms and back again, black and white to color and back again, shows within shows, movies within movies, dreams within dreams. So many Inception style layers here. Truly like they are the characters they watch on TV. They are screens within screens and through ESPA short films that is incredibly made obvious. So make sure you remember these terms. ESPA, I, recall time, sink, sink out, sink dive, the flat, black mamba, the significance of the butterflies, quanya, the force, evo, and novice. One more for you, cosmo, k-o-s-m-o, that is described as next level. Literally in the song called Next Level, Espace destroy you until I reach the next level, Cosmo. So I think Cosmo is not just the same as Quanya. Cosmo is like the mother of Quanya. Gave birth, gave rise to Quanya. Made Quanya possible. So Cosmo might be more of a philosophical premise than a tangible place. Or may just refer to a higher level of consciousness, something like that. Kind of a working theory I have, because a lot of this is intentionally up to interpretation. But that's my read, is that when they refer to Cosmo, they're talking about a more abstract theme. Something even more abstract than Quanya, which does have more tangible connections. Connections to the real world, even if it can't cross into the real world, it brushes closer against it. Let's talk about the SM Entertainment artists' roles in Quanya and beyond. Starting with Espa, here's what I've gathered. This is all my speculation, although for some of the other artists like XO, they already were confirmed. But for the most part with Espa and the like, I've come to my own thoughts and theories, so just keep that in mind. But unofficially, here's what I think each of the roles is. Giselle seems to make a habit of doing the hand gesture you do when you're taking a picture, when you're mimicking taking a picture of something with your fingers. She does that a lot. And it seems to kind of have a concrete impact, not just an empty gesture, but it really frames the scene. Like in this new short film, it kind of frames a butterfly, then it frames a teddy bear. It stops things in their tracks, almost like a freeze, a freezing power. So I think her role in the group is about memory preservation, kind of saving evidence of their mission's progress as they go along. So I think she's the memory and a preserver of evidence. She's also the character in the university lecture hall in the first short film. So if there's any of the four members who is fully human, not immortal in any way, not part cyborg or something, it's her. She's learning the ropes of this whole new dimension concept. Her main enemy appears to be the paparazzi, because back in the first short film, she was kind of hounded by paparazzi at this fashion week event which it's kind of unclear if that really happened or if that was all in her head, but in some stream, some live stream somewhere, that was happening. Now, in the new video, her ultimate horror is all the paparazzi that are swarming and getting closer to her by the second. She's similarly facing a barrage of people, a barrage of strangers in Savage, where she also sings about cold spectators and people who shake her up so she feels ashamed. 
This is not just a an enemy for her, though. Taeyeon from Girls' Generation seems to also have the paparazzi as her weakness. We see that in the Can't Control Myself video. Winter. Her main skill seems to be physical combat and sword skills. In the new video, she attacks that magical orb in this other vehicle type thing with her sword. That sword looks small, but apparently is uber effective. She was also the one in combat physically in the first short film, albeit in virtual reality. She's the one not afraid to get physically confrontational. It appears that Winter's thing is sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, reversed. Like, she can take a million sticks and stones easily, but words are what sting. And her main weakness seems to be rumors, because in the new short film, people are gossiping, talking to each other in hushed tones as she passes by. Basically, she feels like everyone's out to get her. This desire to put up a tough front, like your words don't matter to me, also could be shared elsewhere in the SMCU. Like Baekhyun, he tries to sword fight in Obsession. There's some fencing in NCT Dream's Boom video. Ningning, Ning, her main skill seems to be with the tech. She controls the screens, the AR and VR screens. She's the one who was asked to open the portal for Minho in the SM Town 2022 video. He said, basically he told his car, like Siri, basically, call Ning Ning and ask her to open up the portal. So she's the tech prowess. In the digital skills we see with the first short film, she seemed to be doing really well, syncing with her eye, who would draw something, and then she would bring it to life in 4D. So she replaced an art exhibit with a picture of a butterfly that sort of came to life and couldn't have done it without eye Ning Ning. Kind of doodlebob-esque with that narrative. I love everyone who got the reference. This tech is also her weakness, though, because the negative emojis, the giant come-to-life emojis with angry expressions, come for her physically. They attack in the new short film. Then there's Karina. Karina has visions. I think she can see the past, present, and future. At the very least, we know she can see the past because she flashed back to the scene with the colorful rocks in Next Level. And I think she can see the future, too, because I, Karina, said something to the effect of, I'm in charge of your future, or I'm interested in your future. So I think with the help of I, she can not only see the past, but see the future, too. Throughout videos, she keeps being the one the camera zooms in on, her eyes turn black, basically, and then the camera zooms in, and through her eyes, we see memories of her getting basically cursed, or blessed, but it sounded like a curse, didn't sound good and her just dealing with more sinister, supernatural forces. Her main weapon of choice, though, is her bionic arm. And she's the one that is not afraid to talk and use communication as a weapon, really. She seems to be the most upfront out of the group. No playing coy, no faking it till they make it. She just flat out keeps asking, you know, who are you? What is my eye really up to? What do you want from me? She's the straight shooter. So Giselle, memory. And her biggest weakness, paparazzi. Winter, swordsmanship, and physical combat in general. Biggest weakness, rumors, gossip, words. Ning Ning, the tech guru, but that's a double-edged sword, and her weakness is also technology. And Karina, she sees visions, which again is a double-edged sword and can also be a very bad thing. She has the sense of foreboding that could alter how brave she feels. The XO members' roles, that stuff has been just confirmed since day one. Kai's official symbol is teleportation. That's his main superpower. 
He can dimension hop super easily, and he was actually in a spaceship in the SM10 Live video, and has previously described his character as one who is a god. So he's definitely an otherworldly character completely. Baekhyun similarly is, and I think kind of is doing more behind the scenes spying than we realize. More on that later. His whole thing is light, and his symbol is sun. Chanyul's main symbol, fire, flames, like when he didn't know his own strength and accidentally conjured up a fireball in Lucky One. Chen, his thing is lightning, and he has the scorpion as his main symbol. He seems to really bring down the hammer. He really, I think, is kind of working for the evil side because he's the one who was really interrogating Chanyul in tempo. He was the one monitoring that room full of TV screens in obsession. He's working behind the scenes for someone. Schumann's main thing is frost, freezing over the environment. Dio's is earth, earth powers. That's how he triggered a crack in the earth back in Coco Bop. There's Sehun, his thing is wind. Suho, he is not as human as the others, if human at all. We saw that in Obsession that the TV screen is inside him, controlling him, like he's fully robot. Lei is kind of a peaceful character who uses things like flowers as weapons. That's what he did to disarm the guards in Lucky One. So the EXO members are the superheroes of the story. Espa are kind of the superheroes but of the metaverse, slash just superheroes in training. Red Velvet's role seems to be dealing with the seasons and the weather. They're like Mother Nature's, but they also shrink down a lot, like I said before. So they're kind of in a, a mini world all their own. But they come out, they emerge, and have superpowers in a way, in their own ways. Notably, remember, Yeri recently said, and called this herself a big spoiler, quote, Some bandmates want to stay in the winter, while others want to go to spring, unquote. NCT are the ultimate dream hackers. Their whole thing is Inception style, dreaming and learning to kind of conquer that. Taeyeon being the most superpowered, supernatural of the group, just waves of his hand are enough to beckon everybody to assemble. Super Junior overtly said and showed through the teaser videos in the SM10 New Year's Eve show that they are space travelers. So they go from planet to planet. They're basically astronauts only cooler. Shiny's role, to me, is not as clear as some of the others, but I will note that during the SM Town show, Minho was seen in a video using powers with lightning. We also know he can go to Quania. He has that power because he asked Ningning to open up a portal for him, and this magical light zapped out when he dropped his briefcase on the ground, so he's dealing with some sort of magical force. The last thing I'll say in terms of character roles that I figured out is that Taemin is like a master puppeteer, especially with Super M videos. We see that, that he's the one that the scene always transitions to in the end to show, hey, he was controlling the shots. He's the guy in the back room, in the CCTV room, surveilling people, targeting people, snatching people. He is the man in charge and his power is not supernatural as much as it is just authoritative and governmental. That being said, I do think Taemin has an alter ego who is controlling all the elements, earth, wind, fire, etc. Like in the goodbye video, Flame of Love. He does have superpowers, but I think that's almost a different Taemin. Just because they don't call them eyes does not mean the other SMCU members don't have alter egos too. I think they do, they just don't have a name for them. And Taemin definitely does.
Asperger's have the eyes that look different because they are the metaverse group. They have like digital, digital born and raised alter egos. Basically Gen Z alter egos versus millennial ones. Now let's recall some shared settings. I think they are. Sometimes it's official, like there's no questioning it. Other times you can question it a bit if it's meant to be the same place or the same kind of place or if it's just a coincidence, but here's what I think is important. Some places I've seen again and again in SM artist videos. A place with a lot of rocky terrain, usually a cliff, and sometimes levitating boulders or rocks. A snowy terrain, like in Bad Boy by Red Velvet, Tiger Inside by Super M, Glitch Mode, The Frozen Overplace, and NCT Dreams video. A magical pink room. Pink places are like the extra magical ones. It was that way with The Closet in Chewing Gum by NCT Dream, with The World and I Want You that they fell into after getting into the well of pink water in Shiny's video. There was also a special pink room for Girls' Generation in the SM Town New Year's Eve content. And Ning Ning is with those magical butterflies in a bright pink room in the video for Savage. Recurrently, there is this location in this super stereotypical, picturesque, suburban family neighborhood, white picket fence neighborhood. We see that setup, that so stereotypical it looks fake setup, both in Firetruck by NCT127 and in Shiny's Don't Call Me era promo pictures. We've also overtly seen signs of Quanya in past videos, including the big doorways, the huge, larger-than-life, magical doors with a big stream of light pouring in between them. That was sort of the post credit scene for Exo's Don't Fight the Feeling. We saw something similar behind Tame and Dancing in Want, and we saw those doors in SM Town Live 2022 premiere content. There are a lot of doorways that are symbolic that are not the Kwanya doorways in the SMCU. Archways in NCT Resonance, promo pictures, DO in Love Me Right, the door frames Kai posed around for his solo debut, and Taman did for Never Gonna Dance Again. And I think those are related. Those keep showing up as a symbol, kind of nodding to the fact that all of these people are on this quest always to find Kwanya and Cosmo. They're always trying to find the right door, but all they have are small substitutes, IRL, like all these fake-outs. We kind of saw that too with literally so many doors open for NCT Dream in Yun. Like each door could open up to a brand new world. Which world was Cosmo or Quanya? We don't know. So rocky places, snowy places, suburban neighborhood, the magical pink place, the entrance to Quania, the signs of a carnival, like Red Velvet's content, the Ferris wheel in different artist content, the magical train that Black Mamba keeps trying to hack. Of course, then there's the SM station where the train pulls in. And there is, lastly, Hotel Quania. That was really on display in, again, the SM Town New Year's Eve content for this year and Red Velvet's Queendom. The recurring symbols, like the door frames, feel less random now if you take in that broader context of the dimension hopping, of the literally out of this world and intergalactic nature of Quanya and this whole plot. For example, all the transportation, not just the train, cars, buses, motorcycles, planes, helicopters, rocket ships. The focus on transportation seems to have a purpose, which is just to emphasize how much they are traveling, not just traveling place to place, but across space and time and levels of dreaming or of reality. 
This is, pun intended, next level travel. I also continue to insist the big elevator, both in Espa's new video and the main centerpiece of NCT's resonance teaser content, is not just an elevator, but a time machine. Now that you're familiar with the terms, characters, and settings that make up Kwanya in the SM Entertainment cinematic universe, let's run through what are the main obstacles these characters face and then the main assets. One of their main enemies, the Black Mamba, Espa also have a villain after them who's basically created out of pixels, pixelated images that kind of emerges like a freaking swamp creature at the bottom of the bus, they also have unknown enemies out for them. Because it's not just taming, controlling the action. There are other moments where it's CCTV-esque surveillance. We see that in the new ESPA video, actually, as well as through the scanning. There are, like, security lights scanning Backhand's face in his Super M content and ESPA in the SM Town 2022 stuff. More CCTV stuff in Wavy's takeoff, security guards in Exo's monster, there's a security camera on the wall in some promo pics for NCT's resonance. Someone or something is out to get them. And we see this masked, covered-up villain a lot, actually. If not in a helmet, sometimes in a mask or something else. Lotto, Kai Solo, his short film. And then there is the masked characters in Espa's Girls and Black Mamba. And I'm very, very sure that there's no coincidence the scene in the new Espa short film where Giselle is surrounded by those identical people. There's no way that was not meant to bring to mind Exo's monster in that pivotal moment when Chen looks behind him dramatically. I definitely think those guards that are against them, working against them, leaving them feeling like they need help, they need backup, they're the same. Same story. Another really, really key detail from Espa's new short film, the butterfly colliding with this floating cube that's not just any floating cube. It appears to be made out of these TVs. These TVs turn to static. Like the walls of TV screens in other SMCU videos, those become this big floating mass, symbolizing surveillance, basically, that this butterfly collides with. So one of their biggest hindrances, besides Black Mamba and Pixelated Dude, are the unseen or unheard villains, watching them and hurting their efforts in more subliminal ways. They also have the obstacle of glass boxes. We see this in everything from Exo's Tempo to Ten's Dream in a Dream, NCT Resonance content, Suho stuck in a box in Electric Kiss, the cube in Love Me Right, the glass box in Kai Solo film, the glass cases in Red Velvet's house in Bad Boy, and in the new short film, Espa members each are stuck in a separate box. They feel trapped. Those symbols, as well as life-size mazes and stuff, have always been a part of these characters' obstacles. And part of their whole layered dimension premise is why the glass boxes aren't just the main symbol, but the breaking of glass. When they break the screen, they look like they smash the camera. That move keeps happening because they don't know how many layers deep in this Inception-style situation they are. How do you know how to get to a place like Kwanya if you don't know that? So they just keep breaking one dimension after another. Previous screen breakers have included Karina in this new video, Winter previously, Hei-chan from NCT, Mark Lee, I could go on and on. Feeling trapped and monitored are their ultimate issues. Now the main assets they have, the main source is working in their favor. 
I think this is why we see so much SMCU content where they're in a scene that seems random to be filled with plants, greenery, grass, flowers, whatever. But I think that's intentional. I think when we see these small plots of land where there's a random garden, that's meant to be their refuge, almost like a safe zone. Like this villain evading they're doing is, it has rules like a game of tag or something, and that is their can't tag me zone. That is their recharge safe landing pad. Flowers also, like I said with Lei, can be a very powerful force on their own. There's a whole flower man chasing red velvet in one of their videos. Taemin basically consists of flowers in one of his videos. It's meant to represent some sort of strength. I think a particular symbol related to this greenery to keep an eye on, yellow flowers. Because there was a yellow flower by Key in the SM Town content I keep referencing from New Year's Eve. Plus that was the color flower Taemin held in Criminal. And Ten held in his Super M content. And Taeyeon held in his vampire short film. It's like a peace offering, I think. Or a source of strength. I just think it's, it's meaningful for their journey. Another thing they have working for them, almost like a video game, riches when they can find them. That's why we see diamonds in XO videos, in Red Velvet's work, Peekaboo and Wildside, the throne in Taemin's move, in XO's obsession, the sashes in Simon Says era NCT stuff, the wealth and status that are intertwined, sought after titles that help them get ahead as they try to move through this world. They want to try out as many doors as possible to find their destination, their personal Kwanya in a way. And one way to have more of those doors open, metaphorically and literally for them, is with money, with resources. So the garden, the money, the prestige, and the technology, not just with the help of like Aspa's eyes, but with robot companions. There's the cute little robot friend of Red Velvet, Reve. And I think robots are also meant to be the good guys in this story. Giselle's professor kind of, I think, turned out to be a robot. That's why he started glitching. That's why he had that weird total breakdown tech-wise mid-lecture. I don't think it was just a totally separate from him force acting on him. He himself was robotic. But again, not a bad thing. On the other hand, not all the robots could be good guys. Because remember, in Baekhyun's Super M trailer, this mini robot wheeled up to him and basically scanned his face. So I don't know why he's being scanned and surveilled by that robot. Not necessarily an automatic enemies list qualification, but suspicious at the least. Another thing working in their favor is, of course, the butterflies. And not just in Espa's world for getting directions in and out of Kwanya, but in Red Velvet's content, actually lately more than ever. Recently, Red Velvet has really leaned into the butterfly symbolism, and now we know why. On their album cover, even in their hair clips, their choice of wall decals, lots of subtle references. More long term, the butterfly has been a symbol for XO as well. It was part of the Mama video during the monologue narration, and it kind of felt like its work was done after the planets aligned. Once the planets realigned in that video, the butterfly disintegrated. We also saw the butterfly in NCT's favorite and Make-A-Wish. There are some things that keep happening that connect these artist stories that could be friend or foe, could work in their favor or not, like the giant orb. I always assumed the big orb up on the ceiling in NCT content was not menacing, but was like an aid. 
something good to have over you, like watching to help you, I don't know. But now it seems to be something to do away with, because the orb in Espa's new video gets destroyed by Winter's sword. And it is still unclear where everyone lines up in terms of good or evil. Some characters do have this evil color in their eye, this evil look. Superhuman, robotic eyes almost, or alien eyes. Something comes over them. But Max Chainman and Shanuel from XO, those characters may just have a, a devil inside them in a way. Or they could be bad to the bone, 100% villains in the story. They might make that turn. You never know. Again, this world is nothing like it seems. Some miscellaneous symbols that I've noticed keep popping up in SM artist content that may or may not become extra meaningful down the road, but are worth keeping tabs on. Graffiti. The new ESPA video shows more of that too. Vandalized spaces that indicate someone was here. Any nods to the full moon, the stars, the planets, intergalactic activity. Bright green light, especially in the new ESPA content. Red light mirrors, reflective material, things like that, and references to the car crash. I think the car crash references in different artists' work are referring to the exact same crash. This is the one that Taman got up to, or the evil alter ego Taman. Press Your Number, that whole plot was about the robbery, the heist mission that ended in a car wreck, basically. That's why he tried to set the car on fire to conceal the evidence, get rid of DNA or whatever. The car crash is what haunts him, literally, like a ghost, in Flame of Love. It's quick flash to, for a moment, in Exo's monster. A car crash is part of Kai's Super M stuff. His character speeds away and causes the wreck in Taman's advice. There's that scene in Tell Me What to Do by Shiny. Need I go on? What reminded me how pivotal that night of the crash is for piecing together whatever the true story is for the SMCU is the fact that in Espa's new short film, there is a quick moment where we see someone left their phone on a driver's seat during this chaotic blackout of sorts. What is so big about that? Not the phone, not the driver's seat focus. The airbag went off. So the crash in that Espa short film is the crash from all these other videos. I really think so. Or if not, the fact there is another crash may be a nod to the ways that what happens in one of these dimensions or dream layers affects another, kind of voodoo doll style, somewhere else in the world that happened. That's something to keep in mind to get your timeline straightened out. I'm going to skip around a bit, but here are direct quotes from hugely important SMCU monologues. They make a lot more sense now. The video narration for SMCU The Origin. We see pictures of running through woods, as well as a wall, of those TV screens. Quote, Since long ago, through dreams and subconsciousness, we have been sending messages about our solidarity. Unquote. The Mama Monologue. Quote, When the skies and the grounds were one legend, through their twelve forces, nurtured the tree of life, a red force created the evil. The legends hereby divide the tree in half, time is overturned, and space turns askew. The twin forces divide, the legends travel apart. The legends shall now see the same sky, but shall stand on different grounds. Shall stand on the same ground, but shall see different skies. The day the grounds beget a single file before one sky, in two worlds that seem alike, the legends will greet each other. The day the red forces purify, and the twelve forces reunite into one perfect root, a new world shall open up. Unquote. 
that monologue really feels different. Once you have Aspa's context about an alter ego now and you're trying to reconnect with them in a way where you become one again. That was something EXO has been dealing with too in their own way. Maybe Aspa's eyes are related to the fate of the alter egos in EXO's world. Again, what happens in one dimension reflects what happens in another. And that's why the eyes turned on Aspa. Because the alter egos turned on EXO too. The power video narration included the line, quote, the unpurified red force embraced two suns with darkness, unquote. So they did try to create a synchronization to the fullest, but ended up with evil forces from then on. And that's when we had the obsession era and all that other stuff. We also know that their alter egos are hard to rein in to a single being in other ways too. Like in the NCT monologue, The Past and Future, quote, a world made of filtered events which are defectors that only respond to I. In the conscience world, it keeps expanding, created by filtration. It is also a limitless medium and can connect dimension to dimension, people within people, emotions within emotions, unquote. Some miscellaneous SMCU video scenes that have really stuck with me and I think carry more meaning than we realize. One is when a member is, when we zoom out, we see just watching the action on the phone. This happened for Espa in Black Mamba and for Taman in a Super M video. So there are times where they are actually not as, it's not as real as we think. It's all sort of manufactured. I could go on and on about examples again of a show within a show, a movie within a movie, etc. here. But we've done that before. I would also pay attention to a very not remembered enough scene from Shiny's Get the Treasure where everything's frozen in time, then a SWAT team shows up, and there's a scary clown mask, and everybody too there's a creepy mask, and this carousel, but it's creepier than it sounds. I'm just saying, Shiny is dealing with some creepy horror movie vibes descending on the carnival. Some something wicked this way comes vibes here. And I find very symbolic the moment in, what else, SM Town 2022 New Year's Eve stuff, the video where there was a stage on the right-hand side of the screen and a giant portal on the left. The split screen was so summative of the whole story. We have world hopping, dimension changing, and we have putting on a show. Just kidding, no real big adventure. All just here pretending. I had that same meta feeling of the surreality of this all and how manufactured it is with Espa's new short film because it starts with a whole orchestra performing. So the conductor is leading an orchestra, so already from the get-go, it's a performance. It's performative, not just real. Today I kind of mixed things up instead of doing a video breakdown first, then getting to my bigger takeaways. I did the takeaways already. So now let's just talk about the new short film. The first short film was called Black Mamba. This town was having havoc wrecked on it because of these sinkholes that kept opening up, struggling to adjust to uh, the singularity, I guess. And during this chaos, people were tweeting through it. They were posting through it about their worries. And you see this montage of sorts of social media posts with people freaking out. As this happens, this hologram teacher I was talking about, robot hologram guy, he is talking about what all this means, and he breaks down what eyes are, how they actually do differ from who you really are, because they're based on the data you upload to social media, which does not always reflect who you truly are. During this lecture, Giselle has this, again, I don't know if it was a dream or just another layer of reality or a flashback, or, but we see her in front of paparazzi on a red carpet, mid-lecture. 
Winter is preoccupied with a game, again, physical combat skill, and Ning Ning is basically taking art class, creating that butterfly art that comes to life. Karina is busy meeting her eye and trying to get to know her. It appears that I was hacked, there's a big citywide blackout, and we have that zoom in to Karina's now all black eyes to see the scene where that woman was muttering some sort of incantation. The new short film is called Next Level, where there continue to be news broadcasts about this sink-out phenomenon, and people still posting through it. Before they can do anything, one of them says, quote, Karina, close your eyes for a moment, unquote, and then the scene changes. So again, the power is in Karina's eyes. That's when their souls of sorts go to Quania while their physical bodies stay on Earth. And the character they meet up there tells them about the butterfly and the rules of Quania. Besides follow the butterfly, there are two rules. You shall not covet what belongs to Quania and don't ever look back. When you think about doing something, follow that instinct and it will prove you right. With those things in mind, they set off. But they set off and choose to take the train that Black Mamba likes to inhabit, and they presumably didn't realize that. Then we switch to seeing each member's individual struggles. Karina's is directly confronting her eye, who says, quote, Karina, how long did you think I'd stay by your side? You uploaded data that you liked, and I was created with only your best qualities. I'm the perfect version of you that you always wanted to be. Do you think you'll continue to look the way you do when you get older? What will happen when you fall ill? You will change as time passes, but I will always be perfect. See, Karina, who do you think people will like between you and me? Unquote. Now it seems like she's ready to hit delete on all her social media data because now she feels very directly threatened by her eye that only one of them can exist in the future and it's whoever stays relevant and it won't be her, it will be this perfect, eternally youthful version of her. So she feels threatened and is ready to delete all of her data. Meanwhile, each member has their own trouble that leaves them literally trapped in a different glass box. Ning Ning is trapped by all those negative emojis come alive. Winter is trapped after all those gossipers surround her with these pixelated, melting faces. And there's a similarly surreal scene with Giselle and the paparazzi and the crowd who swarms toward her to grab her from all directions. Back to the bus. Black Mamba, sure enough, once again takes it over and replaces the sweet, flower-filled, butterfly-filled sanctuary into Black Mamba territory. So it's dark, it's scary, and we take a trip, zooming into Karina's black eyes again. And we see 2D images, quite a Coraline-esque slash Wonderland-esque nightmare. We see cartoons of fake smiles, reminding me of the creepy clowns in those shiny videos I told you to remember. She also has a notable scene holding a copy of The Wizard of Oz. So maybe that is an apt reference. What if Taman is like, his character is the wizard? His character is a guy behind the curtain, the literal curtains, because this whole thing is like a show within a show, trying to make these superpowers happen. I don't know, that's a whole other theory. I haven't fully worked out, but I just started thinking about that because I saw that book. And I think that nod to The Wizard of Oz will stay quite relevant. Also notable during this mental spiral, basically, she says she was, quote, supposed to be everyone's Karina, unquote. She was supposed to be everyone's, please everyone. She feels like she's really spiraling because she cannot be who everyone wants her to be, especially when she feels disconnected and not one in the same with her social media self. 
it's feeling like a fraud to her, which is causing this distrust. Karina remembers the instructions. Follow the butterfly and don't look back. So she sees the butterfly land at the feet of this mean-eyed Karina, who's just been like, see, I'm cooler than you. Then she remembers, follow the butterfly, don't look back. She sees the butterfly land there and she chooses to punch the screen. This invisible glass barrier. And when she does, the boxes the other members are stuck in simultaneously break open as well. You may recall, wait, but weren't there three rules of Kuanya? Yes, the third, don't covet what is not yours. Don't take anything from Kuanya that doesn't belong to you. I'm not sure she followed that one. And maybe that's why the trouble has not left her yet. There's still issues to work out. I feel like she did take something. It's kind of like in Aladdin when they want to take the lamp, but if they take anything else like a ruby or something, the whole place is gonna explode. <laughs> I feel like that's gonna happen in a future installment of this series. Like one of them will take what they're not supposed to covet from Kwanya, and all heck breaks loose. Back to the bus scene. Black Mamba's not there, but the coast is not clear because the other main known villain, the pixelated dude, starts appearing out of the ground again. And that's where it leaves off. In the new video for girls, the girls are on a mission. They're on the elevator slash what I insist is a time machine. They walk past images of snakes, Winter has her sword, posing in front of graffiti, yet all this stuff makes so much sense now, it all fits with the other SMCU content. The CCTV room, motorcycles, green light, Giselle's magic hand gesture, the guards, mirrors, a peculiar detail are what look more like crash dummies than humans, because they're head-to-toe leather as in head-to-toe leather, like zero face shown either. They look just like leather crash dummies. Important to note, I think, because they were in Taman videos as well, these crash dummies. And of course, anything that brings to mind a car crash brings to mind that pivotal night that I think is just such a central SMCU timeline marker. The girls' video ends with this puppet master of sorts, the guy in the CCTV room, disintegrating, becoming a bunch of green pixels, and then is gone, like they disappeared into thin air. So after all the hassle, the digital presence was actually pretty easy to delete. Or was it? Will this force reappear again, like it did on the bus? This story is far from over yet, and I have a lot of questions still about, well, does this CCTV monitoring guy made out of pixels, is he super different from Taemin and the other master puppeteers, the wizards behind the curtains, or are they in cahoots, or do they know about each other? Does the girls' video tie more directly to other parts of the SMCU or not? I'm still sorting out a lot of questions I have about that, but this was just my latest update to my thoughts and theories about the whole SMCU. Just really taken as a whole, trying to clarify and gather my thoughts about all the basics, character settings, plot points, etc. for the superhero story. Many more thoughts on upcoming episodes of the show for sure. We're not done talking about this yet, just like Kwanya's story is far from being fully told. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed my recap, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody!